I need a haircut. Do you know a guy? You haven't. Do you needed, cut your hair? You haven't needed a haircut in approximately twenty-five years, and you're thirty-two. I cut my own hair. So do I. It's way more work to have the heads that we have than to actually have hair. I think, isn't it? It's a lot of maintenance. Every other day, you're shaving the thing down. Stupid. Yeah, but it's tough being this ugly. Nobody has a handle on the league like these two hockey heads. Mike Farwell, Chris Pope, your number one authorities on the OHL. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. So I have come to the conclusion, Oper, and feel free to talk me out of this, but I think I, I feel like I'm on pretty sturdy ground here. Okay. Apparently, we are the podcast that the OHL doesn't want you to listen to. I feel that that's the way because we're critical of said league. I feel like we're critical, but also fair. Are we actually, though? Yes. We are. Yes. Really. Extremely critical. So if you can't handle criticisms, to use your word. Leagues do not like criticisms. If you can't handle criticisms like, hey, do you think you could try to have three stars picked with some degree of integrity? And, oh, by the way, would it be all right if when a player gets suspended, because players will get suspended in this league or any league, would it be all right if you let the media know about that, know the reason behind it and the number of games that will be missed so that we as media can help disperse that information to the fans of the game? Because the fans kind of care too. If they wanted to see Shane Wright play and Shane Wright is coming to their Western Conference City that one time, And heaven forbid Shane Wright, who has not been suspended, but let's just play the what-if game. Let's say he has been. And that that fan there in Sarnia buys his ticket and he's all set to go. I'm going to watch Shane Wright play the Sarnia Sting. It's a great impression of a fan. Thank you. And gets to the rink and Shane Wright is a scratch and he has no idea. He's sitting there going, where's Shane Wright? He's supposed to to be playing for Kingston. Where, Where is the guy? If that, if those kinds of criticisms are not criticisms you can handle, oh boy. Or getting the proper people in place so the shot clock is correct. So you're wow. not ruining a young kid's future or he's trying to play goaltender in this league. Or hiring a referee that can actually do the job properly. I think we've been pretty critical of the league all around, but I also believe that those things that we're critical of are also fair. I think we're critical in fairness. However... I don't think they like us too much. The shot clock is a well-known joke around See? the entire league. No, but it Critical. is. It's not just, uh, it, it's, a, it's, it's an open secret. You open Twitter any given game day and hear people talking, people far more invested in the game than you and I, about the joke that is the shot clock. I'll be honest with you. I'm with you. I, I've, got no, I've got no issues with the officiating, by and large, on the whole, in this league. Everybody's out there trying to do their best. It is a tough, tough game to officiate. Period. End of story. It is. But so fast. So apparently there's this new podcast that the OHL is doing. I don't even think we should mention it because now we're promoting them. I don't care. I'll promote. That's what we're doing on this podcast. Well, I know. I meant meant the podcast though. They're not going to mention us. Every damn week. Yes. We take our shots when we think those shots are warranted. And by the way, farwellandpope at gmail.com or at underscore Chris Pope at Farwell underscore OHL. Both parties are a little butthurt right now. If this is the most critical podcast in the Ontario Hockey League, let us know. Are we too hard on the league? Well, it is the most critical podcast in the league, That's probably for true. sure. That's probably true. We're just being honest about things. 
But the OHL has started its own podcast. And yeah, I'm, what's it called? The OHL podcast? No, that's Stubbsy's podcast. No, Stubbsy's is around the O. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not scared. Whatever. Stubbsy's a great guy. I love him. You want to listen to his podcast with Jake Jeffrey? Go listen to it. Around the O. There you go. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. I guess. Stubbsy, where's your podcast? Anyway, <laughs> go listen to it. But the Ontario Hockey League puts out its own podcast. What's it called? What's it called? Uh, I believe it is called Around... Uh, no, I, no <laughs> there's a lot of arounds. Uh, it is called uh, OHL This Week Podcast. So Brand new. A weekly is... show featuring a wide range of guests that covers the league's latest news from both on the ice and in the community. This is exactly how this went down. Popper and I had a general idea of the things we wanted to talk about on this week's episode of the podcast. And by the way, one of the funniest things we have seen in a rink one of the funniest things to happen during a game happened this past weekend. We're going to share that story before this podcast is over. So we have this general idea. I said, Pope, or anything else you want to talk about? He said, what about the OHL's new podcast? I said, they have a new podcast? Did I miss the media release? So we go to their website, OntarioHockeyLeague.com, if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. We click on the podcast, and there's Josh Sweetland firing shots across our bow. Because he says, well, clearly we're not uh, pioneers in this regard. If you want to you listen to other podcasts, go listen to Mike Stubbs and Jake Jeffrey. I'm like, okay, so yeah, Stubbsy and Jake, they get, they get first mention. And then, nothing. No, hey, Josh, we got this little podcast here out of Kitchener. It's called the Farwell and Pope Podcast. Tell me he doesn't know. Tell me his first guest on the podcast the OHL podcast doesn't know that this podcast exists. Why don't they want us well, I don't to know. have he a podcast? He hasn't come on it. That's true. Because he knows we're going to ask him the hard questions that people want to know. Like, why don't you guys send a media release? Why is the shot clock a mess? Why, why aren't we talking realignment? What's going on with Hamilton? Are you concerned about the Rangers getting a new rink? Are you concerned about other franchises around the league? What's going on with the import draft? A lot of things. We like to, you like that one, don't you? <laughs> I really like that one. The import draft and the shot clock. Two of the biggest jokes in the <laughs> OHL. Uh, so, uh, it's, hey, it's only episode 76. Maybe by 100, they'll start to recognize. And let's be honest. That's what we like to be. Let's just be honest. We're, we are honest. That is the thing. We're not sugarcoating anything around this league. We're going to be straight. We're going to tell you what we think about what goes on. And if you don't like it, then go listen to another podcast because that's what other people seem to be doing. I am honestly, (laughs) I am genuinely, and you can call me a big baby, a whiner, whatever you want to call me. I'm hurt by this. I think that our podcast, yes, we're honest on the podcast. Yes, we're not afraid to say, hey, we don't think this is right or you should maybe try it a different way. So yeah, Critical. Fine. But we are promoting the league. I love this league. Like, I mm. really do. And think of the guests that we try to bring on to this podcast. One, one of our, the, the feature interview in this episode is going to be a guy that recently graduated from this league that has signed his first pro deal and is in the midst of working his way towards his bigger contract in the NHL. So we're telling the graduation story. 110 goals in the OHL over three years. We Drafted to the NHL, not once, twice. Twice. It's a story. We're trying to bring you the people that share the stories, that have the but you see, we're not tales just, to tell. We're not just pumping the league's tires. We're not, 
we're, we're critical. We bring up, we talk about things on a, as a, as a, the fans might see, not just all the good things. We like to discuss the good and the bad because it is the constant word that you and I like to use. You first said it, and I absolutely love it, and I have hopped on this bandwagon. Say it with me. Three, two, one. Transparency. Transparency. Did we write How that down? How great is that? We should have written that out right? just to make sure we got it right. I had to emphasize the C because I wasn't sure whether you were going to go transparent or transparency. But yes, transparency. That's what we like to bring you on the Farwell and Pope podcast. If it's good, if it's bad, if it's ugly, if it's great looking, you're going to hear about it. And we're going to tell you what we think. Because quite frankly, we got a mic in front of our face and we like to hear our own voice. So from now on, <laughs> you can affectionately call this podcast the Farwell and Pope podcast, a.k.a. The, the Black po- Sheep. The podcast that the <laughs> OHL does not want you to hear. I'm fine being a black sheep. Okay. I've been one my whole life. So we have spent... Over the last couple of episodes, I guess those would be episodes uh, 75 and 76. 75, yeah. Well, yeah. this is 76. This is 76, so 74 76. and 75. Yeah. We have been talking primarily, our, our main story has been that of the ongoing saga in Hamilton with the arena deal or not deal and what might the future of the Bulldogs look like. In a nutshell, you've got an owner who is more than happy to have the team, more than happy to pour tens of millions of dollars of his own money into the team. And because the city seemed to be taking its sweet time, he went out, figured out a deal, the Lime Ridge Mall location, et cetera, et cetera. And the council says, yeah, no. And so now Michael Landlauer, the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs, is kind of putting his arms in the air saying, what am I supposed to do? Because the current arena, First Ontario Centre, isn't exactly viable. We need a new arena do something. We reached out to Ann Lauer. They're not speaking on the matter. Uh, Cole's note, uh, this is episode 78 of the podcast. So in episode 76 and 77, we've spoken at length about this mess in Hamilton. Uh, It is a mess, but we're also uh, ready here locally in Kitchener where we do the broadcast from where we broadcast games from. We're ready to get dive in head first into our own mess when it comes to our arena. It has long been known that a new arena or another upgrade to the auditorium is needed, and I don't think there's another upgrade to be made to the Grand Old Dame on East Ave. So a new arena is in the mix. When is that going to happen, Mike Farwell? A long time from now. A time after I might retire. You know what? It'll happen by the time the Ontario Hockey League says, hey, you know what you should do? You should listen to the Farwell and Pope podcast. That's when the new arena's coming to Kitchener. I put our entertainment value up against any other podcast. (laughs) May not have the intellect of others, but at least it's entertaining. All right. Let's use as a starting point. And I... I I I like all the other OHL podcasts. I just got to say, I listen to them. I like them. I'm with you. I like them. I'm with you. Uh, I, I would disagree a little bit with what you said, and, and maybe you were just kind of glossing over the word, but you said we're ready to have our own mess, mess in yeah. Kitchener. It, it will be, look. It's going to be a mess. Big projects like that are never the smoothest, but it's not going to be a mess like Hamilton's is a mess. Not even close. Okay. And this, pardon me for going down this route, but this might just be for our local listeners. Do we have the Cambridge fourplex yet? No, but okay. Cambridge Cambridge isn't in charge of this arena project so that's why it's going to get done no exactly kitchener's in charge of it until the region wants their handprints on it 
And then other Cambridge and Waterloo, North Dumfries and Woolwich are going to be like, uh, do we have to pay taxes on this or newer rink? Are we going to get to use the new rink? Nope, it's going right downtown Kitchener. So then Kitchener's going to have to be the one that's going to foot it, even though the region's going to want to use it. They're, Kitchener's going to say no, region's going to say yes, and it's just going to be a giant mess for 10 years. I thought I was supposed to be the cynic in all of this. Well, I'm just telling you, I, I'm not a cynic. That Again, I'm not being a cynic and I'm not being critical. That's just the truth. That is just the truth. It is the truth that the league doesn't send out notifications on its suspensions. It is the truth the shot clock is a joke. It is a truth along the board. We speak truths. We are transparent. And that's what's going to happen. I hope the city of Kitchener goes, here's this place for the rink. We own the land. Tax Taxpayers, your tax rate's going up this much. Kitchener Rangers, we want $60 million. We'll put forth $140, $200 million rink going right at the old bus station. <laughs> done. 2024. Boom. Done. I wish it was good. I wish it could be like that, but it's not going to. All right. Unlike Great one idea, of our, you're, you're, you're on the mark with some of that. Some of that. I like the price tag. 200 million. Maybe, 200 a, little, maybe a little rich, but we're going to get up close. We're going to get closer to that than people think. Here's the thing. And, and we talked about this on last week's episode of the podcast in Hamilton, where you had that one counselor address Michael Landlauer after he made his presentation. Mm-hmm. And basic, he basically showed no Love? Well, but I, that's too strong a word. No care. <laughs> Admiration? No care whatsoever no for the worry. Hamilton Bulldogs or the Ontario Hockey yep. League. We're going to play for you just, just a little clip of the mayor of Kitchener, Barry Verbanovic, talking about this project. And, and just have a listen to how a mayor in a market who sees the value of the OHL team compares to what we talked about or in this case, contrasts to what we talked about last week, where in Hamilton, you've got counselors who are basically saying, yeah, so that's a nice little thing you got over there, but we're not going to get behind it. Here's Kitchener Mayor Barry Verbanovic. It was uh, during the last term of council, one of the priorities that um, staff uh, have on their work plan or put on their work plan was to start uh, internally the conversation around what a future auditorium location might uh, might look like, and uh, that um, those priorities continue to be on staff uh, work plan during this term of council. And uh, I would say to you that I would expect two things to happen over the you know the the, the remaining three years of this term. Um, one likely to be uh, you know. The, the beginning of a discussion with, with partners around uh, what a, a new facility, when it's built, would, would look like, what's the appropriate size, what are the amenities it should have, who are the partners that are, should be uh, part of it. I mean, obviously, two key ones. I mean, the, the number one key one is, is the Rangers, goals without question. Um, and, and then, of course, you have the, the Titans now in terms of the basketball team. But there's so many other things that, uh, that the auditorium uh, hosts that you know, you, you'd need to, to consider all of that input and, and what's happening in the industry as a whole. And then ultimately, um, you know, continue to explore what are the potential locations um, for, uh, for a new odd. And, and uh, you know, it would be my hope that you know, by the end of this term or, or the early part of the next term of, of the next council, um, the location, the location question would would need to be resolved. The difference, Mike, is that when I say Hamilton, what do you think about steel? When I say Kitchener, what do you think about beer? 
Beer? <laughs> Oktoberfest. Really? Yeah. No. Anyone outside of Kitchener, when you say Kitchener, thinks, oh, the Rangers. Rangers. When you think of Hamilton, you don't think, oh, Bulldogs? <laughs> no. You think Steel? And you think nah, yeah, I think I think you're 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 way overstating that. I don't you? I don't at all. No, you think that because we are here and we know what the Rangers mean in this town. But when you're I out, didn't grow up here though. Yeah, but but you're here now. I spent the first 21 years of my life. I've spent more time away from here than I have here. But you used to travel in to watch games. You're a hockey fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, if you if you talk to somebody in Toronto about Kitchener, they're not going to say Rangers. I bet you they. Oh, Toron- well, Toronto they, doesn't know what the OHL is. Fine, Milton. Go. Not a chance. Give me another area other than the GTA, okay. please, because they don't Guelph. know. If... Go, go ask Kitchener. They're saying the Rangers. No, they're not. Hundred percent, hundred percent wrong. Hey, Guelph, Farwell and Pope at yeah. gmail.com. But they're already listening to this podcast because they're OHL fans. Yeah. Because you know why? Because we promote the league. Anyway, you honestly don't think that is one of the first things, if not the first, that comes to people's mind outside of the city? I don't think there's a chance. I don't think there's a chance that's one of the first things that comes to people's minds. Not at all. I think I really do believe beer because of Oktoberfest. I believe Blackberry and Tech still have... That's Waterloo. You, they, they, it's all the same to everybody else. Only mm, we, no, oh, it's not. Pulper. I it's, love it, you, buddy. It's really but, not. Okay. I love you, but you're, way, you're, you're too into this. You're too insular. I so completely disagree with you. See, the, and the problem is when we go on the road... Well, you know what? We should just do a random... We should do a... We're going to have some time in Sault Ste. Marie next week. We should just walk down the street... And ask ten random people away from the hockey rink, sure. away from the Farwell and Pope podcast. If they know anything about Kitchener, yeah. What do you know about Kitchener? Okay, right. Because if I say to you, "What do you know about the Sioux?" What's coming to mind? The Hounds. Really? Yes. Not fishing. No, the Hounds. Okay, but see, you're in, you're in, you're inside of it all. Yeah. Anyway, it's because I've never been to the Sioux other than to watch the Hounds play. What What you hear or what you just heard, Jason Forche from. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first Forge name drop in the podcast since he was a guest some time ago. What what you heard from Kitchener Mayor Barry Verbanovic in that little clip from a conversation he had on 570 News is the passion for the team. The number one thing he said is that the Kitchener Rangers will be a partner in this. So consider what the hell Hamilton is doing. And, and be clear, I don't care that Hamilton City Council wants to have an arena downtown when the owner has plans to put one on the mountain. That's not my issue. My issue is that you've got an owner who's got a plan that you're saying no to because you want to put an arena somewhere else, but you don't have a plan for that. <laughs> like That's, that's nah. what blows my mind because you've got a guy that's already four steps into the project and you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Not only do you not have a plan, but some on your council are basically saying, yeah, the Ontario Hockey League, that's not really a thing that matters to us. That's my problem with Hamilton. If Hamilton City Council had said, listen, thank you, but we've got this project. Here's the plan. Will you invest your money there? Completely different story. Hamilton City Council is basically giving the middle finger to the Ontario Hockey League, as far as I can tell from the outside looking in. You hear from this mayor in Kitchener that the number one partner that he's concerned with is the hockey club. The Kitchener Rangers absolutely do matter in this town. The other thing that's interesting, and this is where I get to saying that this project will be done when the OHL tells you to listen to this podcast, because it's going to be a long time. So should the project be done here in Kitchener? Yes. As much as that pains me, and we had a scout come into the odd last Friday night and say, what are you talking about? This building? You're going you're gonna to build a new arena? Why? This is the best one in the league. We may be biased, but I think we're pretty close to feeling that same way. Yep. Right? 
Agreed. So, but, but the reality is, at almost 70 years old and for a variety of reasons, it doesn't, it doesn't do the job as well as it should anymore. Not to mention, there are other things that arenas do now. They're not just arenas, right? They're entertainment complexes. When the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium was built, it was an arena. And sometimes bands like Led Zeppelin came in and played in that arena. But the dynamic has changed. The, the game has changed. If a band like Led Zeppelin were to come in and play an arena now, they need a lot more by way of the physical structure than the odd can offer. So the reality is the building has served its purpose and served it very well and it still looks great and it might still be the best arena in the Ontario Hockey League but we as a community here in the region of Waterloo need to do something different, bigger, shinier, whatever. But the mayor also said he hopes to have the arena question resolved by the end of this term of council or early in the next. When is that? 2022 is the end, fall of 2022. So the 2022 2023 season will have started when this term of council ends. So that's... So two years. Two and a half. Simple, yeah, two years. Okay. And, but, or early in the next. So if it's a four-year term, what is early in the next? Anywhere up to two years? So let's just say somewhere between three and five years, the arena or the location question is resolved. That's just one small piece. And that's going to be, you, you listed off earlier, all kinds of great ideas. Oh, let's put it at the bus terminal in downtown Kitchener. Lots of people are saying, let's put it out at the old bud plant lands by Conestoga College. Somebody just this week said, let's put it out at the research and technology park near the University of Waterloo. There are myriad options. You could leave it on the same footprint. That's a big argument as well. So if you can even resolve that in three to five years, that's part one. Then you've got so many other things that you already talked about. How many fingers are going into the pie? How are we divvying up the payments? Who's going to pay for what? And what do they get in return for that investment? And then you've got to actually finance it, which when you come to the community and say, so uh, $150 million for an entertainment complex and hockey arena, people are going to be saying, what about homeless people? What about this? What about that? we got other things to spend our money on. Isn't that rightfully so? Absolutely, it's rightfully so. So if you can get over that hump, then you actually have to build it. So, I, listen, we, do we need this project in the city? Yes. Is it going to happen inside of 10 years? Absolutely not. I say 15. Take the time to say a long goodbye. That's all. So in your mind the Kitchener Rangers are still playing home games on East Ave at the Memorial Auditorium in year 2034. Yes. But that could be very close to the end. I mean, 10 years, I think, would be optimistic. I think that would be, or should I say best case? So yeah, optimistic. 10 years would be best case. So this is the 2020-2021 season. So let's say, yeah, by 2030-2031, that would be the most Construction optimistic. Construction has started. No, that, oh. op- optimistically... You could actually be in an arena by that, but I don't think you will be. I don't. I think I think you're 15 years out, just based on what we've already outlined. Are the steps along the way? The mayor just said it's going to take three to five years just to resolve the location question, just to tell you where it's going. Well, to I be. think he's hoping exactly that it'll be done within two years. I don't think. See, and then when the location's done, what else more do you need? The money. Well, yeah, but and then the construction, of course, yes. Yeah. It's, okay, maybe. if Yeah, if you can actually get the location question resolved in three to five years, I still think that's a little bit optimistic. But we shall see. I think that's pretty bang on. I think uh, I'd even say by 2030, they're in the new rink. 
So eight to ten years on your end. Yeah. But, you, but you think, like, you, I, so you I, think I, my I, 10 to 15 is way out to lunch. Yeah, I think that's way too long. I don't think they're, they can afford to wait that long. Or rather, they don't want to wait that long. Who's they? The Rangers or the city? The city. Yeah. I think the Rangers are fine where they are. Fine. For now. Yeah. yeah. Would they Would they like 10,000 fans? Would they like 10,000 seats? Sure. But I think part of what makes the auditorium so special is that and I'm, and I'm sorry to outgoing COO Steve Biankowski. I think it holds 7,400 roughly. There's it's all there's always room for it, one more. Uh, one more always, yeah. but I think it's around 74. That there's 68 to 16 to 72 in there every night. Always tickets available. Walk up always. Um, but if you're going to make a building with 10 to 12, how many nights is it going to be packed? And I think that's what makes. The odd, the odd is that it seems packed every single night. The bottom two bowls are all season tickets. The blues are guys, people walking up. Um, so I think that's what makes the odd part of the odd. And I, that's what I don't think the Rangers are in that much of a hurry to get to. It's not like they're worried about people, you know, not coming or being turned away. So what's a 10,000 seat? You're going to have 3,000 empty seats. But make no mistake. It'll be good for the city because it helps bring in all the big acts and all the concerts and so on and so forth. Bingo. But to the Rangers, what does it matter? Make no mistake. There are still people in this community that don't even bother trying to go to hockey games because, oh, it's the Rangers. They're always sold out. They, that's the, that's the mm-hmm. mentality. How could I ever get a ticket for a hockey game? So I think, I mean, if London is drawing 9,000 on the regular... Yep. I firmly believe this community would too. For sure. Firmly. My question is, what's a ticket price? That's way out of my hands. What's a ticket price? Way, well, what's it now? Twenty three fifty. Yeah. It, it, Are you going to keep the same? You got to make that well, no, money up somewhere. No, no. It'll continue to go up as it goes up every year right now. Well, no, I know, but I'm saying... I don't think a new arena automatically brings with it a huge increase in ticket price. Oh, you best believe it does. No, 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 no. No? I don't think so. I would be surprised because you're, you're putting more seats in... So you're selling more tickets anyway, and it's not... You're selling a better experience. Maybe. Listen, if that's part of the package, because I'll tell you what, with this blue-collar town, the number of people I have heard from, and my favorite one is, like the parking goes without saying. You, I, I remember the first time I went to Plymouth, the old CompuWare Arena, mm-hmm. and they asked me for five bucks to park my car. I'm like, what do you... You, you mean you have to pay for parking at an OHL game? It drives me nuts. It's Right. People here in Kitchener have grown very accustomed to all of these years, quote unquote, free parking. The other thing, and I can, I can attest to this, as a kid, this was our thing. Dad would bring my brother and I to games on a Friday night, and before we would leave home, mom would pop some popcorn on the stovetop, mm-hmm. and we'd put it into a brown paper bag, and we would bring it with us, not trying to stuff it under a jacket, We'd bring it with us to the games. And I always, I have the fondest memories of that flavor of popcorn coming out of the bags. But anyway, people still, still say to me, they've said to me over the last couple of weeks, if I can't take my own food into the arena, I'm not going. Come on. I'm not joking with you. I get free parking. I can take in my own food. If you take those things away from me, it's getting too expensive to go. I won't go. I'm not joking with you. And I've heard that more than once. You, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I think, and I'm not trying to encourage this. I think they just kind of turn a blind eye to it. I don't think you should be bringing your own outside food because there are uh, concessions no. all over the place. <laughs> no, I don't but think you're allowed. That's what fans are doing. 
but you, they just let people get away with it because it's the odd. It's the odd. What, how you can't, can't change it now. Right. Right. You can't charge me for parking. Forget about it. No. You can do whatever you want. The odd. It's the odd. <laughs> Everybody's local. They all know each other. Sometimes I wonder if the ushers even scan tickets. They're just like, hey, Tom. <laughs> hey, Jerry. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Hey, Susan. They, they all just know each other. It, it'll be extremely interesting to see what kind of venue the Rangers get out of this. Is it going to be just the Rangers venue? No, of course not. Well, I mean, you mean for hockey? Yeah. Is it just... Are you talking... You're not going to push this Waterloo thing on me again. Another Waterloo team or a no, Waterloo team? No, no. But the odd and the Dom Cardillo Arena specifically, yes. the majority is the Rangers. Is it going to be the same way? Or are the Dutchmen going to be playing on that same ice? No. Are I, minor hockey going to be playing on that same ice? No. No? It will, it will belong to, I believe... It will be the home... Of the Ontario Hockey League's Kitchener Rangers. Yeah. They'll find lots of other ice. In fact, the existing building could still stand. The arena is still in pretty decent shape. Well, this is what I was going to bring to you or to ask you because I asked it on the air the other day after one of uh, the Ranger games. What happens to the yacht? Yeah, that's a that's a million dollar question, and that's going to be valuable property for city. City owns it. I know, and I think this is a multi million dollar question because that's prime real estate, my friend. You could make a fortune on that land. With development of condominiums, townhouse complex, whatever you want to put there. You could throw six condos there. Sure. At yep. least. Yep. At least six condo buildings. I hear you. And then make up the money that you just took out of the bank, or borrowed rather, to build the rink. So how how deep do you want to go into this? Because there are two other things. One other thing that is actually, it's been under the radar in this town for a little while. And there's a pretty influential tech guy that's behind it. And he thinks what this community really needs, and you can look to Sudbury and find out how well it worked, is a really cutting-edge teaching, ho- oh. teaching hospital. And it, it really transformed healthcare in the north. And, and this, this opportunity to work in this healthcare center attracted people. And he seems to think the footprint of the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium right now in Centennial and Jack Couch would be ideal, not to mention how much easier the access would be. People coming out of town, you got the expressway right there, all of that. So you could close down the existing hospital, the Grand River Hospital on King Street in downtown Kitchener, transfer it to this brand new cutting edge place where the odd is now and put the odd right literally on the light rail tracks in downtown Kitchener, where the hospital currently is. That's one thing that is honestly percolating under the surface here. Here's another idea that I kind of... There's a lot of extra moving pieces in that idea. Oh, my goodness. So many. But again, this is why I say 10 years, optimistic, man. Best case scenario. Because these kinds of conversations will happen. I know. I feel like that one is just a little too complicated, where you're like, you know what? We just want to make things simple. Let's just forget, like, let's make it as simple as possible to, to get it done. So how do you like this as an idea? The bus terminal in downtown Kitchener that you already mentioned. Yep, that's, that's the, the best foot, idea. That's the footprint. And right across the street from that is a parking lot and an old post office. I know the old post office is currently being used, but I think that maybe you could, you know, find another place for those tenants and then bring a hotel. So now you've got the hockey arena and the hotel side by each. I can already envision the pedestrian tunnel over top of the road. So visiting teams that came in to play at the odd or whatever the new arena is called could stay in the hotel and never go outside to walk over to practice. Entertainers that come to town to play in this new facility could stay in an adjoining 
Hotel. And it's all overlooking Victoria Park, which is the crown jewel of Kitchener's Park System. And to add fuel, there's just an idea I had. And then somebody said, you know, there's this old hotel, and you would know it, Popper. It's, it used to be called the Valhalla in downtown Kitchener. It's now a Crown Plaza. What if they became the partner? What if they became that hotel partner? So they closed down the existing Crown Plaza on Benton Street in downtown Does it get Kitchener. any action anyway? Well, this is, it's not the ideal, because everybody <clears throat> wants parking. Everyone wants this, right? You move that, right, with the new arena. You partner now with Crown Plaza, and then the existing Crown Plaza becomes one hell of a condo on prime land, on the light rail tracks, in the heart of downtown Kitchener. That is not a bad plan. I, I Again, too complicated, too convoluted. I, you think? Yeah. Uh, it, why? Too, so the hotel gets built at the same time the arena gets built. Too much built. money, man. You've got a partner. Too much money. Crown Plaza is your partner. Too much money. And then you've got a building. Uh, you could put it with the zoning restrictions. You put the, I don't know how high you could go with a condo there, but man, oh too man. Too much money. Okay. I, you mentioned it. Blue collar town. Taxpayers don't want taxes to but go up. It'll be a private developer that does the hotel or the condo. The hotel the, will do the hotel. The city, will st- the region will still do the arena. That's all they're doing. So you got to sell to Crown Plaza. Hey, I know you already have this hotel. Yeah. That's four blocks away from where we want you to build the new one. But didn't you just ask how much action are they getting anyway? I don't know the business well, that's model. That's what I mean. So then they have to dump money into a brand new hotel. To get more action. I, how you, much more action? Like, are you kidding? You've got a built-in audience. Yeah, but Every you can, OHL but you team can stay comes, at the Crown Plaza and walk two blocks. Yeah, maybe you could. I guess. Like, it Listen, literally is I, two blocks away. I admit. It's a tiny bit out there. A tiny bit out there, but listen, you I and just, I, I just think that's going to come down to the city wants this arena, and I we may have went on a little long on this just because you and I are so yeah. uh, people entertained the, by this. People and, in the suit don't care about this part I of know, the podcast. I know, and I, we apologize, um, but I, I just think it's going to eventually come down to let's make it as simple as possible. Boom, build it, let's go, and that's why if you I wish, were you wish if I'm a betting man, the rink ain't moving. If I'm a betting man, if I'm a betting man, they're going to build the rink in the parking lot where it is right now. The odd gets demoed and it's now the parking lot. You know, along with people listening. Just like the Sioux. Right. Along with people from the Sioux who don't care about this part of the podcast. You know who else doesn't care about this part of the podcast? The OHL. Oh, wow. Because we are the podcast that the league does not want you to listen to. I hope you feel like you're joining the, the flock of black sheep by listening to this episode. You're a rebel. And future episodes. That's right. All right. A guy that played at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. You mentioned 110 goals over his final three seasons in the Ontario Hockey League. Drafted in the second round by Florida. Never signed. Went back into the draft and was a fourth rounder? Not sure. Fourth rounder, I think. Yeah, I think so. You're right. To the Dallas Stars and signed almost immediately. He was one half of perhaps the greatest tweet ever tweeted by a former Kitchener Ranger. Really? Frank Hora, former Rangers captain, during a a successful Kitchener Rangers streak, and Jeremy Bracco and Adam Maskerin were tearing it up. Frank Hora tweeted, replied to one of the Rangers' tweets and said, Game plan, give it to the Italians. Adam Maskerin. When we travel down the 401, whenever we pass Canada's Wonderland, I always laugh because our intermission guests always made reference of that's where my grandmother lives, just down there. Yeah. We should stop <laughs> in there sometime 
for some home cooking. Adam Maskerin. We never did get that home cooking, Mash. No. Come on. The last game we played in Mississauga, if I remember correctly, was a school day game. Yep. And um, my grandmother did bring some homemade rice balls on the bus. <laughs> Unfortunately, they were at the back of the bus. <laughs> With Which the older guys. So, unfortunately for everybody at the front, there was no taste testing. <laughs> I was going to say, did you share? Uh, I shared with uh, my older friends, yes, oh, on the team, oh, yes. Yeah, I see. Um, real quickly, when you were, uh, when Mike Petison was in his rookie season, he was your roommate. How about yeah. him now? Eight goals in nine games. Yeah. What would you teach him? Yeah, I'm just staring at him in the hallway down there doing an interview. Uh, a proud roommate. <laughs> um, I'm fired up. And obviously, I, I've, I move on to pro, but I still keep track of how the boys are doing every year, like, I'm a fan now at this point, so it's good to see him doing well. I'm really happy for him. Well, we always hear about this, Adam, from guys after they've moved on, and you've got a Kitchener Rangers jacket you're yeah. wearing here today. Even in the couple of years since you made the jump to pro, when you look back on your time in the Ontario Hockey League, how special are those years? They're, it's crazy. They go by in the blink of an eye, and I think I'm extra lucky that I got to play in a place like Kitchener. Um I haven't experienced anywhere else. So I don't know what it's like. I only have good memories. Uh, 7,000 fans a night. My billets are unbelievable. Uh, you can't beat it. A uh, place to play junior hockey. Um, you know, I, I scored a lot of goals, and I have a lot of fond memories in Kitchener. And uh, I miss it, to be honest, but I'm, I'm enjoying myself now. But it's good to be back in a junior rink and seeing the boys up 3-0 right now for sure. 35-35-40. and 40. Those three seasons, that's 111, if, or 110 if my math's correct. Yeah. Is you score any For here? once it is. Yeah. <laughs> you score any here? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> I played minor hockey here, <laughs> so I scored my fair share in minor hockey here, and then I think I had I've I've definitely got one here for sure. I had to get one for my grandparents coming to watch yeah. me play, you know? Of course. How is life at the pro ranks? Life in pro is different. You you quickly learn to grow up. Um, but it's good. Uh, in Texas this year we got a, a handful of guys around my age. So it's cool, but last year our team was a lot older, so we were having team parties, and I was babysitting the older guys' kids while they were having a couple beers, you know? It was kind of funny, like, how it worked out like that, but I love it there, and, you know, it's 25 degrees all year. The boys went golfing on Thursday. Like, it's just a different world out there, but I'm having a blast. You know, it's funny, Adam. You talk about going pro and still keeping an eye on the Kitchener Rangers. Mm -hmm. We, of course, do the same thing. After players graduate out, we keep an eye on you, and what we're hearing is that, Maskerin's kind of got it figured out already at the next level, the work that's required. Mm -hmm. We talked about the goal scoring here. Obviously, it takes a little bit to find that in the pro ranks, but from what we're hearing, you are finding it. What do you see as the biggest differences? What makes it harder in the AHL to score goals? Um, Just time and space. I mean, you're playing against defensemen who some of them are in their 15th year pro. They know the game inside and out. They can almost you know, be a coach at that point, right? So um, just learning how to manipulate them on the ice and, and get your time and space and get your shots off is different. But um, I was definitely a project player in juniors in terms of working on my overall game. And I think, um, you know, Coach Jay McKee and, and Mike Van Ryan did a, a good job of, you know, ha- helping me grow my game. And then I think I definitely just took it to the next level. And, and I think you just got to want it. You know, I've always been a player who has a nose for the net. And if you're willing to go to the areas to score the goals, you know, the puck's going to find you and... And I, I had, fortunately had a good season last year and had a little bit of injury trouble this year. Um, so hopefully I can get back in the playoffs. But I think, yeah, just when you when you have a goal-scoring knack, the puck seems to find you. And as long as you have the, the will to work hard, um, good things are going to happen. What are some of the things Dallas is talking to you about? 
Um, I think some things that I continue to work on, which is my speed. I think I have really good edge work in terms of I, I can be elusive in the corner and lose defensemen, but that straightaway speed is uh, something I definitely still need to work on. So uh, it's always in the back of my head when in summer training and stuff. And, you know, now I I'm most likely won't be playing the rest of the season, so I'll have a good eight months to to get uh, working on that and hopefully show a good strong showing in my, my last year on my entry-level contract and training camp next year. You talk about the injury trouble as we talk to you. You've got your left arm yeah. in a sling over the shoulder. What the what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't from shooting the puck, as I understand it. Yeah, no, I, I know fans might remember me for, for being a shooter, but I actually ended up getting in a little scrap. <laughs> um, a guy on the other team was was kind of beaking our one of our older veteran players, and, I mean, you want to earn respect around the league with your teammates and your peers. Even on the other team, you know, they respect guys that stand up for their teammates, and I thought it was the right time in the game to stand up for mine. Um, ended up getting in a fight, and then at the end of the fight, I just fell awkwardly and, and hurt my shoulder, so I'm just getting it looked after now. It was unfortunate, but if I could go back, I would do it again. I just think having the integrity, playing the game, uh, something I take pride in, so yeah. I mean, it was just an unfortunate bounce. So it's the pup taking care of the big guy on the team. Yeah, the it was kind guy. of the, the other way around. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it was fun. No, it, it happens, you know. We were playing the game and um, injuries happen and, and stuff, but it's just about looking at it with a positive mindset and, and just coming back stronger, right? Babysitting their kids, sticking up for them, I get it. Um, <laughs> speaking of babysitting, another former roommate of yours, Jeremy Brocco, having some success just being named to the All-Star team. You mm-hmm. still keep in touch with him? Yeah, yeah, here and there. Um, actually, we played in Toronto, and I and I briefly saw him. And then when he was in Texas, I actually was in Dallas getting my shoulder looked at. So uh, there was a tornado watch, so I ended up missing the first game. Or And then their coach actually had that incident That's right. where the game got canceled. So it was a little bit of a tough weekend, so I didn't get to see him when he was in texas but we still text back and forth i mean obviously we had some some good chemistry on the ice so we keep in touch off the ice as well (laughs) a little bit of chemistry how weird is it when you are facing former guys that of course connor bunneman graduating but you'll see guys like logan brown and and logan stanley that you're Mm -hmm. facing off against you guys talk at at center ice beforehand anything yeah yeah we play stan about i don't know eight times a year so it's a little weird he's not the not the funnest guy to go against (laughs) he was more more fun having him on my team in kitchener than it is playing against them but uh, it's nice. You just, you know, you say your quick haze at the red line, yeah. and when you're playing the game, you're playing the game, and then after you text them, like, hey, you know, I can't believe you. You cross-checked me in the corner there in the second <laughs> period. But it's all it's all fun. Like, we're all buddies. It's crazy. When we went on that little run there and, and losing in double overtime in game seven, you know, how close of a team we were, and, and I think that made us closer as off-ice friends, you know, going through that together, and we all keep in touch still, so it's really nice. A guy that you used to play against in the Ontario Hockey League, and you mentioned kind of guys your age now with Texas. Nick Camano is your roommate yes, now in yeah. Texas. And what's that like with a guy that you used to play against and now somebody your age, though? Yeah, so we, we played spring hockey together growing up, and then we competed against each other. And, you know, he was in Flint, so he was in our conference. So we, we saw them quite a bit. And then, um, you know, it's funny. In your fourth year in juniors, everyone talks like, oh, I hope I get traded to Kitchener. And then he ended up getting sent home to Hamilton. But he would have loved to play in Kitchener, so that would have been cool. Uh, a couple years prolonged now we're now we're playing together now and it's it's nice to have somebody my own age to kind of grow up with you know it's our first time living away from a billet family or our parents so we're kind of going through it together and it's nice to have him like by my side you know you're heading into that third year as you mentioned of your entry-level contract how much negotiation is done between you and dallas or is it you just leave it up to your agent here heading into your oh yeah no 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 negotiations um no i think only only guys that are in the nhl like about to sign their eight by eights or doing <laughs> negotiations right now. Um, I'm still figuring out who I am as a hockey player. You know, I still have some growth to do, and hopefully, I can show good growth over next season, and then hopefully earn myself another deal uh, come next 
summer. Speaking of growth, real quick, as you're growing up now in the league, who's a better cook, you or Nick? Um, depends what we're making. <laughs> he's he's definitely more creative in the kitchen. I'll give him that. I'm uh, I stick to it. Uh, it's weird growing up in an Italian family. I never had to learn, so I'm a little <laughs> bit behind right now. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely doing okay. Pasta. Pasta and pasta. That's all I ate growing up, and now I don't want to cook it because I can't do it the same. Nah, it's tough, eh? It's tough. Yeah. How's, uh, I know the shoulder's bunged up right now, but how's the shot? Still good? Still got a uh, shot? Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, um, it's keeping me keeping my job right now. <laughs> you know, so I got to heal this wing up good so I can, you know, still have a job. Holy articulate. I yeah. mean, like, I get it. The players grow up. But we talked to Adam Maskerin an awful lot over his time with the Rangers, and I'm not trying to knock him. No. Nope. But that was a much, much different. Just much more open, much more relaxed, and great conversation. Great to see the guy. Phenomenal, right? Absolutely. I, I thought it was a great conversation. I loved how he came into the media room. He had a real uh, <laughs> a real real big smile, a grin, if you will. Uh, I actually got a text after the interview that said, holy expletive. That kid talks almost as fast as Brocco now. Hope he's well. <laughs> well, and as we mentioned uh, in that interview as well, he was wearing a little Kitchener Rangers uh, yeah. light jacket while he was at the rink. And so. of course, I said, well, what, what happened when we first saw him in the media room? And that's when he said he got this big smile on his face. He goes, I got in a, got, got in a fight. <laughs> what? <laughs> I wouldn't pick you to you know be able to fight your way out of a paper bag. Yeah. Um, but no, it was always good to see him. He's, he, man, one of the purest goal scorers the Rangers have seen in the last decade or so, that's for sure. So GTA boy, who was, he knew the team was in town, obviously, pops in to see them while he's home recovering from the busted wing from the fight. Lots of GTA boys uh, on the Rangers currently. Family and friends were at the rink in Mississauga. But take all that away, because one of the funniest, strangest, and I'm always cautious, Don Cameron always said, you know, never say... Never. Oh, that's the, you'll never see anything like that in the rink again. Yeah, well, maybe you will. But this is, you know, in all my time, but so far, this is the first I've seen something like this. I, I, I don't know how best to describe it. Ice fishing? The fish story? I'm not sure what. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, you it, and I were just blown away. It was hands down the funniest thing I've ever seen in a hockey rink. To date. To date. You never know what's going to come. You never know. But right? to date, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a hockey rink. Fan throws a fish on the ice after the steelhead score. Everybody skates around trying to figure out what to do. Okay. So before you go any further, why don't we hear it in the words of the man who became the ice fisherman in this instance? Axel Bergfist of the Kitchen Arrangers saves the day. First of all, Besides, like, a teddy bear night or a hat that gets thrown on the ice for a hat trick, have you ever been involved in a game, Axel, where somebody throws something onto the ice? No, no, nothing. Nothing besides the teddy bear goal and some hats on a hat trick. So when you saw that fish land on the ice, what what was going through your head? So I didn't see it. We just let in the goal in uh, in power play, in our power play. Uh, so I was so mad just skating to the bench. Uh Angry, probably screaming something, and I hear everyone else is like, "Oh, put that, take the fish away for <laughs> sake," and uh, and stuff. And I just looked out, and there was a fish there, uh, and no one was, no one was grabbing it, uh, and I didn't understand why, because it's just a fish, right? <laughs> um, so uh, I just, 
I was so mad, so I just skated out and threw it on on our bench, and 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 that was it. I didn't think think about it too much. So was it because just as much because you were angry about the goal just being scored, and you wondered why all these people were standing around that you decided to do that? Yeah, like no, I d- didn't understand why they had to call some arena attendant or 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 something else, and and I was it was a bit of half and half like. I was mad because I just wanted to get the game started again, and uh, and uh, like I said, I didn't I didn't think too much before. I just went out there and picked it up. Somebody had also thrown a towel from the Mississauga bench, but you didn't need that either. Why not? No, I'm um, <laughs> I'm used to that. I, I'm uh, fishing a lot back home, fish, fishing and hunting in Sweden, so that's that's no big deal at all for me. <laughs> now they say, Axel, when it comes to people who fish, uh, they tend to tell stories, like the fish you caught gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> right, so yeah. so someday when you tell this story about picking up the fish off the ice, how big is that fish going to be? It's probably five feet between the ice. <laughs> <laughs> between the ice of the fish. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but it's it's exactly how you say it. It's usually... Usually getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> what What did the guys say when you brought that fish back to the bench? I mean, were they surprised? Chris and I were up in the broadcast booth just laughing our <laughs> off. We thought, because everybody's standing around and all of a sudden Axel just skates out there. No big deal. I got this. What did the guys say to you? I, I think they were just laughing and saying, I don't know what or something. Um, but I was still, I still couldn't laugh too much because we just let in a goal in our power play. So uh, I just wanted to get the game started, but it, of course, it was a fun thing too. I, 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 yeah, something to remember for sure. For sure. Do you know what happened to the fish after that? I heard something about a shovel and a recycling bin. It was laying on the uh, bench, and, and the coaches didn't like it because it smelled pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't care. And then, uh, like I don't know, five ten minutes after the uh, the refs came and they they needed towels and two guys or something for to to get it, but yeah. <laughs> so you already have a teammate whose name is Fishman. Are we going to have to start calling you the Fisherman or what? <laughs> I don't know. You'll figure that out. I'll I'll go with anything. I'll leave that <laughs> up to you guys. Okay, that's our job. And we're going to leave all the fish on the ice up to you. Perfect. That's it. That's <laughs> how we roll. Axel Bergfist, another example of the saying that you'll never meet a bad Swede. That kid... Well, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in a hockey ring to date. He just goes over, grabs the fish, throws it in the bench, goes glove on, back up, lines up. It took them another five minutes to remove the fish from the bench. The fish was on the Rangers bench. Yeah, because you, yeah. you heard him say, it's starting to smell. We've got to get this thing out of here. Even when they did, they threw a towel over it, took a recycling bin and scooped it. They still wouldn't grab it. It's just so funny. I, I feel bad because when I, I talked to him, and I only thought of it afterwards. Uh, and, you know, this is no, he's no stranger to this, hunting, fishing, whatever. I should have asked him what he's ever bagged. And I, if that's not the wrong, if that's not the right language, all of our friends in Sudbury and Sault Ste. Marie, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a hunter. Bagged, I'm hooked, not a fisher, but shot. Yeah, yeah what, exactly. What's, what's, Taken home. Would you, yeah. Would you skin? Would you whatever? Yeah. I what's bet the biggest a, fish? Over but, in Sweden, I bet you he's a big game hunter. So we'll try to, we'll try to figure that out. That's, it was, I couldn't <laughs> hold it together. I was howling. I had tears rolling down my face. I was laughing so hard. Just... He told the story so well, but it was how he skated over to the fish. It was 
you could tell. He was like, what is going on here, all you Canadians? Just grab the fish. He just wants the game to get on. Let's go. Let's play some hockey. That's like, why what we came. what is the deal here? <laughs> it was, he did it with such attitude, but in a very Swedish way. Right, because you could have had that air with you, but he really didn't seem to. He just yeah. was like, I don't understand the big deal like, here. Somebody grab it. And I remember <laughs> my eyes, because in Mississauga, real quick, for the love of God, Mississauga, do something with those fans, not the people in the seats, but the fans that blow mm. directly into the media box. Honest to goodness. It is so cold in that rink. It is, you got, you got to figure something out there. My gosh. Anyway. I, it was almost as cold that game as Cole Schwint. Wow. Assassin. Kitchener kid, natty hattie for the win, caps it, no tea. Ice water in the veins. So I was looking, our broadcast location is inside the one blue line, just inside. And this fish was down at the inside the far blue line. So I'm, my eyes are trained there. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw Axel Bergfist coming out to save the day. Not knowing, of course, at the, at the time, like what was going on. I just see the movement and then you look back and there's Axel. And I looked to you right away. I said, please tell me you got a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so it is still, if you, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, at underscore Chris Pope. And you can see a, at least some sense of what we're talking about. And you heard it from Axel right there. He just... Takes off the glove, scoop, bends down, scoops up the fish. Um, also, I just want to point out, we, we spent a lot of time on Kitchener and what's going on around this area and Masker and a former Ranger, Bergfist, uh, the current Ranger. Do you see what Cole Perfetti's doing down in Saginaw? Uh, besides tearing it up? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's one way of putting it. You know, he it's was funny. cut from the World Junior Team. Yeah, uh, about two months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since then, he has 37 points. In 17 games. <laughs> Leading so, the league in points now. So do you think uh, do you think Dave Drinkle sent a thank you note to Hockey Canada? Thanks for uh, lighting a fire. Not that they would have you Holy. Know, done that for that reason, but he is clearly trying to show that he was overlooked. I think it's 10 points in his last four games too. Like he is on a tear. Throw Ryan Suzuki with him and all of a sudden... Watch the kid go. Well, didn't, not all of a sudden. <laughs> he just continues to go. Did I not tell you how much I liked that Ryan Suzuki deal? And you were kind of meh. Well, I, I like it. Like, it was good. It's a good move. I just, listen, I, I called from the day one that Saginaw was my team in the West. I, I love the makeup of their hockey club. I love the way they play the game. They're a great team to watch. They're, they place Big boy hockey, as you say. Yes, Big they do. Big boy hockey. Yes, they do. And uh, Cole Perfetti leading the way down there. I just wanted to point that out because we've talked a lot about Kitchener stuff, but he's been just on an absolute terror for the Saginaw spirit. He's making me feel a little bit better because back at the beginning of the season, and I always like to be at least a little bit on the contrarian side. So when it came to who will uh, win the scoring race in the league this year, I didn't want to just default to Quinton Byfield. So I picked Perfetti. Mm-hmm. And I've loved the kid since last year. And I think I was pumping his tires pretty hard, uh, inflating them quite a bit earlier in this season on this podcast. I think we both were last year. We saw him once and we went, ha, that kid's good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got an eye for yeah. talent that way if you didn't <laughs> oh, know that yeah, yet. We're, we're real good at picking the top guys, eh? <laughs> but Byfield was uh, running away with this earlier in the season. So for me, yeah. I'm just like, boy, Cole. I, I, I knew all along. We're coming right back there in the scoring race. Uh, our buddy Mark Prospect, uh, Mark, Pro- Mark Prospect, <laughs> Mark Prospect, Mark, I like that. Mark Edwards over at uh, Prospect, HockeyProspect.com uh, has Perfetti fourth. He's got Lafreniere, then Byfield, 
Then uh, Tim Stoltz out of Germany, and then Cole Perfetti as his, uh, his top four. So two of the top four in his projections for the June draft are uh, out of the OHL. Where does he have Drysdale? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't have it up here in front of me. Uh, and I'm just curious 10. because he's yeah. one of my favorites. The other O players, he's got uh, Drysdale in at seven, Rossi seven. in at eight, and then Quinn is 11th, just on the outside of the top 10 looking in. We're going to have to get Mark on an upcoming episode because the guy, I, I've known him pretty much since day one in this league, and, and he is uh, he's good. So that's five of 11 coming from the O in Mark's top 11 for the upcoming NHL draft. It was a bit of a down year for the CHL last year in the draft. Uh not the case this year. <laughs> yeah, not when you look at it that way, right? In his in his first round, he's still also got uh, Ryan O'Rourke at 24th out of the yeah, Sioux, out of the Sioux. of course. And Jacob Perot out of Sarnia, uh, Sarnia 28th. That's just the O. And then Jan Misak and Luke Evangelista, 30 and oh. 31. Evangelista that high. I know, that's what I thought. But didn't remember when I said that about... Uh, <laughs> About Liam, Liam Foodie. Foodie. Yeah. Evangelista but, just had a rough rookie year last year. He's really turned it on this year out 100%. of London, but just a tough rookie year last year. Um, as we round out this podcast, we talked uh, what now is probably 30 minutes ago um, about what people associate Kitchener with. Oh, yeah. So I threw out a tweet at that time. Okay. And I just said, can I get some help for people from outside of Waterloo region? I misspelled region. Uh, <laughs> I just noticed region. I hope they don't say education. Two, two O's. When I say Kitchener, what is the first thing you associate with the city? A plethora of responses. How many of them say Rangers? Uh, none. Okay. So far. So uh, I'll just take that as I'm right. So far. You're wrong. It's okay to be wrong, Popper. You should be used to it by what now. What did you say? I said not through. I said October. You said, I said you beer. Said beer. One, one person sent a picture of people carrying beer. Okay. Um, arguably the best response was Farwell. Uh, but that, that was clearly but Chris, from... is, Chris is local. <laughs> uh, the best response goes to my good friend, Tim James from out West. He said the Breslau airport that Chris Bowen tells me so, so much about Chris Bowen responds. It has a wonderful sandwich counter in the departures area. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you can fly direct to Calgary from the region of Waterloo international airport. Exactly. And Chris works in Calgary. Tim used to now works in Vancouver, but I just thought <laughs> I'd give a little shout out to the Waterloo Region Airport, it is one of the best. I've flown out west from it and flown into it. It's perfect. Walk from the tarmac and your bags are there. The sandwich counter is good. I'm not going to lie. Security in and out, it's it's fantastic. If you want to uh, add to that, although I think most people listening to this podcast are junior hockey fans, so they might think Rangers first. But hey, farwellandpope at gmail.com, at underscore Chris Pope, at farwell underscore OHL. Those are the ways to get in touch with us. And don't forget to tell us just how critical we are of the Ontario Hockey League because this is the podcast the league doesn't want you to listen to. He's Farwell. He's Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. That's a wrap on this edition of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Your authority on everything around the OHL. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.